Welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone! Hey everyone, welcome to our Critical Thinking, crit, well, Critical Thinking Corner of the World. Yes, yes, and if you're out there doing some critical thinkering yourself, then you can uh, maybe get some help from our archive on SoundCloud. You go to Forward Radio, which is our home base, and you'll find critical thinking for everyone. 190-ish. Almost 200. we got to do something special for our 200th show. Oh, man. It would be great if we could just record it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes this seems like it's special enough just to get it done. I you know? know. We have been having to, to do some reruns in recent weeks, and we appreciate everyone's patience. Yeah. As we try to get our critical thinking on. Everybody's trying to do the best. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Now, you are going to be traveling next month, um, aren't you, in Panama? Sure. Yeah, I'll be down there. So, so we'll have to do kind of a do do where maybe we get some more show. Maybe we bank some shows in, in November. Mm, maybe so. We'll, do that. we'll see what so. we can do. Well, if someone, if you ran into someone on the elevator and had to give your elevator speech, what is critical thinking for everyone? What would you say? I would say it's a waste of time. <laughs> Very short. <laughs> if you have to ask me that, there's nothing to talk about. Waste of time. You say it's all in the title. <laughs> That's it. If you don't know, you don't know. That's what this is. It's critical thinking for everyone. For everyone. But you got to know what it is first. Can't help yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. What is it? All right. So I'd probably say critical thinking is uh, a process of thinking about your thinking by using um, some analysis and some evaluation and maybe some intellectual habit building and uh, we'd be doing that with the goal we'd be doing all that kind of stuff with the goal of um, improving our thinking and maybe even being able to uh, be a better problem solver in a practical sense but but more just improving our thinking generally yeah and Brian and I are critical thinking scholars here at the University of Louisville. And what we love to do with this hour every week is to take critical thinking out of the ivory tower and help you apply these critical thinking skill sets to your everyday living. Yeah, yeah, that's probably um, a really good thing for any of us to do since we're all thinkers and we want to be in a position to um, – Improve our thinking. The thing is, of course, we all get tied up with this problem-solving business and trying to actually be effective, and we want to make sure we don't make mistakes in our day. I mean, stuff like that. Yeah, and we stare at our phones instead of maybe thinking through problems the way we used to in the old days. Just ponder. You know, you're in line. You let your mind wander. Well, that's the thing is we don't have a lot of um, – you know, we don't have a lot of opportunity maybe to to have that downtime. Um, yeah, and you got to create it. You got to carve out that critical thinking downtime. All of us, all of us, probably need that. So you've joined us for this hour, and we are going to we are going to carve out mm. this time in carving like you do a Thanksgiving turkey. Oh man! See, I'm making this connection here, yeah, trying yeah, to make yeah. this leap. Yeah, yeah. Because we're going to be talking about your applying critical thinking to your Thanksgiving holiday. Um, and we realize not everybody who's listening could be – who are celebrate. Not everyone celebrates Thanksgiving. Sure. 
Uh, but for many of you who do, mm-hmm. um, we are here for it, meaning we are here to help you with any critical thinking scenario, including how you celebrate your holidays. I mean, and we'll do, do it in a thoughtful way. <clears throat> yeah, it's too bad we don't yeah. have like a call-in show, right? For- I know, but you know, people can go to our Facebook page, though. Give they us could. Send, Facebook send us- is easy yeah. to use. Yeah. Apparently, it's not easy to use to talk to us. But <laughs> we haven't gotten any comments in a while. We've so. gotten your cousin, my cousin Sharon. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. We appreciate you. Listening. Now we did a show a couple Thanksgivings ago, two or three, and. I'm going to um, repost it to our Facebook page soon because this was one of our most listened to podcasts because mm-hmm. it was – you remember the really popular Thanksgiving mm-hmm. one we did? I what do was remember. it about? Um, it was about how to talk to your family members at Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was like how do you grapple and work through – differences of opinions and politics and such at the Thanksgiving table. And yep. if I do say so myself, it was a really good show. Apparently, Lots of, a lot of people thought so. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. thought so. So yay. So then I'm thinking to myself, okay, we've already been there, done that. So if we're going to do applying critical thinking to Thanksgiving, what is there new to do? And so I go to the interwebs, as you know I like to do. Mm. And I found some good sources. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of them is on how to decolonize your Thanksgiving. Mm, decolonize. Decolonize. And another one is on sustainability, eco-friendly feasts. It strikes me. Right up your alley. It strikes Mr. me if Green we're going to decolonize yeah. around Thanksgiving, that's just probably too much cleaning. You know, it is important to clean your house. But <laughs> but to decolonize, decolonize fully just strikes me mm. as it's maybe more than I can handle. Well, we're using decolonize. They're, they're using, and this article, by the way, is by a source called um, peaceandreconciliationproject.org. And so when they say decolonize, do you understand what they're saying? Do you know um, what they mean by decolonize? Uh, yeah, I think they're talking about getting rid of the ants and roaches <laughs> in your place. And it's important for Thanksgiving because you don't want the bugs on your table. Well, but I just maybe termite colony. I think they're thinking more of the historic nature of colonization when mm. Christopher Columbus and the mm. explorers from Europe came over and colonized this country. Mm. I think that has nothing and, to do with me. I think that's and, yeah, well, it mm. kind of does. You are a white man, so that's it almost, does have a lot to do with people, you. Those people were dead a long time ago. Yeah, but the think. the actions that they took in, you know, um, colonizing uh, the the the. Indigenous in, – in pushing the indigenous people out mm. who were living here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and take claiming this country for their own okay. and sort of uh, – that – the way we often celebrate Thanksgiving or the way we – the pilgrim and Indian stereotype in our, in our culture for Thanksgiving, like that's problematic. Mm-hmm. And so what they're asking us to do, what this article is asking us to do is – to decolonize and sort of challenge the narrative that we often tend to associate with Thanksgiving, which is the pilgrims were doing their colonial thing. Starving, I heard. Yeah, uh, supposedly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't don't actually – I should ask my – too bad we can't do a call show. Ask my historian husband to call in and give us all the. Oh, we could the just details. pause right here, and you could, we could just cut him in. <laughs> okay, for cut minutes. him in later. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that the Indians, our native native folks, came and brought food to help the pilgrims through the winter, 
And so there's this idea, there's, again, there's this stereotype about it. And so what this article does is ask us to think to what they say to debunk myths and show Native Americans as contemporary people with thriving cultures. So we don't sort of create this box in our head where that this is what we know about Native people and this is the role they've played in our history and we just accept that at face value. Sounds like sounds like we gotta do a bunch of it sounds like we gotta do a bunch of accepting things we don't know very much about. Well, that's why this article has some great resources so that you can educate yourself. Okay. So some one of the ways have you heard about this um, expression called decolonize your mind? Decolonize my mind. Is that when I have the bugs in my is that the bug part? <laughs> that's when you educate yourself about in, in, with sort of what we would call a post-colonial perspective, oh. although some some scholars <clears throat> would argue po- post-colonialism doesn't really exist because we're always living with the remnants of a we're colonial always. society. <laughs> we're always, yeah, no, sure. I'm just I'm just saying that's that's yeah. a great point. So, but a, a post-colonial or a way to decolonize your mind is to educate yourself about colonial histories, including um, here in the U.S. history to f- more fully appreciate the reality of people who have been marginalized or whose culture has been, you know, again, put into the stereotypical box. Sounds like if you bring this up at Thanksgiving, you know, um, Uncle Hank might just get really, you know, grumpy. Well, Sounds I, like we're attacking Hank. Well, so, you may find that some people are very married to their notions about what Thanksgiving is and how they should celebrate. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I suggest maybe you start with your own education and then decide if and how I want to share this information with maybe you have a Friendsgiving and you you share it with your friends, maybe sure. your family, maybe members sure. of your some of your members of your family are not maybe they're not ready to hear. Yeah. This. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. how would your family if you sat down and said, "Let's have a let's have a let's say grace and then let's have a, a reading about Native people that helps us full, more fully appreciate their reality. I think they. I don't history. know. It's hard to say because the again, as I mentioned on the show before, my my family per se that's sort of Thanksgiving, the traditional Thanksgiving family with, um, you know, extended family, all that business. We don't really do a lot of that anymore. And a lot of those people aren't really around oh. who would have been, um, you know, maybe who who would have expressed any kind of, um, you know, concern over what it was mm-hmm. that we were doing and by doing that. Today, I don't. I don't really know that anybody would have a problem with it. I think as long as it didn't take too long, I think that would be the issue. Really? Okay. So your family would be open to it as long as it didn't take too long. I think if it was the sort of thing where we're going to spend like the whole time doing this, I think you know, mm-hmm. often people want to connect in their own ways. Like they have some things they want to share with everybody. And so I think that that becomes a little bit challenging if you're going to spend a long time doing it. Okay. But if it's not going to be a long time, it'd probably be okay. Okay. Be okay. My family, we've got a lot of people gathering this year. So I'm I'm not exactly sure how I would do it. I need to think about Mm -hmm. this. So, Mm -hmm. so um, this article I'm going to share on our, on our Facebook page. So those of you listening don't have to worry about trying to write this all down because all the links and everything will be on our Facebook page, which is called? 
Uh, critical thinking for everyone. That's right. It's on Facebook. That's right. So one of the first tips on this article point. is learn the real history, and there's lots of links to uh, like an article, Most Everything You Learned About Thanksgiving is Wrong, or Thanksgiving is a Tradition, It's Also a Lie, Thanksgiving, a Native American View. So, this, so one of, again, the first things you can do is your own thinking is in, is deepen and broaden your own thinking about Thanksgiving. Man, okay. how's Thanksgiving a lie? We're sitting here with this turkey. Well, a it's lie. It's really that, happening. <laughs> <laughs> the event, yeah, it's it's this other this this concept of of what it's built on. This, like I said, this historical narrative that it's built on. We need to we need to complicate that. This sounds really interesting. There's a video on Vimeo called "Captured," and it details the 1614 kidnapping of 20 Wampanoag Nog Noag Wampanoag men from. Patuxet, the Wampanoag village that eventually became Plymouth Colony. They were kidnapped by European explorers who planned to sell them an additional seven Native people taken from Nasa and Cape Cod as slaves in Spain. So it's it's used, again, to help people get a more accurate, fuller picture. So are we going to bust this out over the turkey? We're going to say, no, okay, no. I got this on my no, phone. No, this, this and... is just, again, learn the real history. You, okay. just okay. you as an individual person who says, I pride myself on being a critical thing, this is where you can start. And then okay. I can decide if I want to bust it, out captured over the exactly. turkey. Exactly. Or like you. say, hey, when the football game's over, let's all sit around and watch captured. Like you, you got to decide if oh, that's man. appropriate or okay. not. Um, so they have a couple other things that you, that other um, things that they recommend. They also suggest so that's one is learn the real history there's lots of links in, in articles and videos mm. next one is called decolonize your dinner oh man and native chefs have created a culinary movement with the goal of getting indigenous people to honor their ancestors through their dietary choices bring native american dishes to the dinner table so how would your family be if you said you emailed or you just showed up and said hey in addition to the mashed potatoes or instead of the mashed potatoes i am bringing this traditional Corn on the cob. Native American dish. You know, yep. again, don't be too, don't be too stereotypical. Don't, I uh, thought corn was a big deal. No, I'm just, it might, it might be. I'm just I don't saying, know. you yeah. know. Yeah. No, definitely. It so was, would uh, you consider doing that? Would you consider sure. doing You yeah. would? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What about, what about you guys? Do you bring? Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, the what's corn pudding. What's stopping you from having done it in the past? Well, the corn pudding is, okay, what stopped me in the past is my mind was not fully decolonized. Oh, wow. And B, I, as you know, corn pudding, we've talked about the sport. That's a big deal in my, I have to, I bring that. I have to bring sure. it. Everybody Miles Standish's expects. recipe. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All right. So listen to Indigenous Voices. And so they talk about, um, uh, Listen to an interview with, okay, here is Cedric Cromwell, the tribal council chairman of the Mashpee Wampanoag Tribal Nation, talking about um, uh, the history of Native American people around, again, the time of, you know, 1620, and I guess that time period is considered pre-colonial, I guess, is the, is the term. I guess. I mean, you know, we're doing all this, and I'm sure that there, you know, this is forward radio, right? Yeah. So there's a bunch of progressive folks out there that this are thing. like, oh, for sure. But I'm wondering, are there, you know, for the folks out there who just really think this is 
a terrible waste of time to be talking about these things. I wonder why do we have this holiday in this way if it's a lie? Like can we just can we just answer that question like how did it come to be this misrepresentation? Oh. We, I mean it, Oh, that's a good question. I I um I think reading maybe reading this article um Thanksgiving is a tradition it's also a lot. Maybe that article would would fill in, you know, the trajectory of how this holiday has become what it is. Sure. You know? Well, I, I don't I, know. Well, maybe that uh, maybe that's a great question. Well, and I don't even know if we need to worry about the specifics. I mean, I'm sure the specifics are fascinating like how do we end up with this, you know, mm-hmm. these images that everyone like if you just show like a photograph, people go, oh, that must be Thanksgiving or something right, like that. like a pilgrim and, and someone dressed in native dress. Sure, and, uh, or even the, the way that the people sit around the table and the oh, crap that's right, on the table. Oh, right, with the turkey in the middle, yeah. All that. So, I mean, it's interesting because I think that the short answer, of course, is power, right? That, the, that somehow this culture that was not indigenous got the upper hand and through hundreds of years – shape the culture into an image that was acceptable for them as opposed to was acceptable for the indigenous people. And, of course, the indigenous people have been brutalized by the culture that emerged. And so it's it's not a huge surprise, though I don't know the details either. It's not a huge surprise to me that there would be essentially um, this f- false narrative surrounding um, – the relationship of Native Americans to whatever the mm-hmm. the event, right? right, right. It, it's 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 not surprising, but we should just recognize when we ask ourselves why is this happening, it's simply it's always because of power. And we when we start to look into any of these sources, what we're going to locate, I think, very quickly is that these people didn't have any power, and in many cases, still don't have very much power, and so these cultural norms persist, right, in areas where um, – well, in, in in the mainstream. Right. Um, I think you're right. It does come down to power and who has the power to set these traditions, represent them in, you know, mainstream ways, reinforce them, right? So absolutely. And so this idea of decolonizing is kind of pushing back on that. It's like yeah. what can you do as an individual – to push back, and again, the first one of the first things you can do is decolonize your own your own thinking about it. Mm. You know, with critical thinking, that is one thing you have control over is your own thinking. Sure, we can always break our thinking into parts. You know, we're always talking about that, but yeah. I mean, it's a good place. You know, if we're if we're looking at some sort of a narrative about the relationship between the colonizers and the people who they colonized, you know, we can always ask ourselves questions about about purpose, for example. We can ask ourselves about implications. We can ask ourselves about points of view. And I think when we see – when we set it up like that and we see that the points of view um, of the colonizers are at odds with the points of view of the colonized, that the purposes of the colonizers are at odds with the purposes of the colonized, et cetera, if we can do that kind of work, then it becomes easy to see, I think, how we would have these – very complicated histories and then the next step of course is to ask our is to sort of look into the details of of why did the one get sort of erased and the other one 
enshrined right, right in our in our festivities right and so. even if we can't change the past we can make different choices going forward yeah yeah that's <laughs> right that's right even even i've celebrated thanksgiving in the home of my sister whose home sits on a street called Cherison which comes from the combination of Cherokee and Seneca because it's near the parks with those names here in Louisville, which, of course, are parks named. Those are tribal names. Sure. That So if we're sitting around Thanksgiving at the street and, you know, and say, like, maybe even point out, like, wow, we're, we are sitting here at this table celebrating on land named after these tribes and maybe this is land that, you know, maybe we can look a little bit into land that was taken away from Native American people, which we have now claimed for ourselves and then renamed it. And so I think naming convention and um, uh, the way tribal names get used is seems like that conversation has become um, or even like mascots, you know, sports mascots. That's one of the things in this article is changing the name mm-hmm. and how you go about mm-hmm. taking racist native mascot names out of your sports. So one way, again, that the individual can make a difference is my husband was hockey team called themselves the Warriors. Now, the word warrior itself doesn't necessarily mean it's a native um, Warrior, Native American warrior that they're referring to, but the image that they chose for their jerseys mm-hmm. was a Native man in full headdress. Oh, okay. And so my husband was like, I'm not going to put that on my jersey. Like, I'll play on this team, but I'm not. I'm going <laughs> to. And I was really proud of him for, hmm. you know, for taking a stand like that. Right and on. so, again, the individual can even, maybe you can, if you're on a team, you can like, there's actually a I don't know how often here. they let us do that. I don't know how often they let us. What do you us. mean, let us? Well, there's no I in team, Ed. <laughs> See, so normally they don't let you say we're not going to use the logo. I think that's the benefit of this team. Well. A lot of teams aren't going to let you. I know. But how will we know if you're, which team you're on? You don't have our Well, no, Indian no. His jersey, his jersey is the same color and what style. What if the other team is the same color and style as ours? It's only <laughs> well, the Well, you know what? American He's head. willing to create that confusion. I know. It's nice that his team is supporting him in that. Well, I actually don't know how his team reacted. Oh. Well, they let him so, play. Yeah, but I don't know how, like, if he just did it in a quiet way or if he made a stand vocally to them and was like, I'm not going to do this for this reason. Like, I only found out about it after I was looking at a team photo. And I was like, wait a minute, your jersey is different. And he said, why? But I I didn't, like, interrogate, like, did you take it? I just was like, good for you. But I didn't. That would have been an interesting. Maybe I will ask him about that. I mean, you know, you know where to find him. Colonize your team. Yeah. You know where to find him. (laughs) Okay, so this article has something called Check Out or Abolishing Racist Native Mascots, a Toolkit for Change. So if somebody wants to do this maybe on a team and they're not sure, there's a toolkit available at this article. So this article, we're going to move on to another article, but I really liked this article. And, again, I'm going to post it on our Facebook page for listeners who are like, ooh, I'd like to know more about this or – decolonize my own mind yeah sure and it might be interesting i think for a lot of folks to look into this and think about it you know do they do we think that um you know that it's important and worth our time to reinterpret the um the uh 
holiday and all of its traditions in this other lens, in a more um, indigenous-focused lens. Because, you know, a lot of harm was done. This is, But I think this is one of the questions we have to wrestle with. You know, if a lot of harm was done once upon a time and if systems were put into place that perpetuated the harm, if I'm not for that, yeah, do I really – like does – Am I able to go back and criticize that narrative? Am I able to go back and um, do any useful intellectual work by deconstructing those systems and that and that you know point of view and saying this is um, wrong and I'm against it and I and I don't like it? In some cases, it might have a lot of impact, but in some cases, it might create a lot of dissonance around the holiday table, around For you the family. Or other well, probably for other people, right, who might be, you know, who might not be doing that intellectual well, work, right? Right, but but that's you as a thinker and as a doer in your world, in your life, to decide, is that something you want to do? And so, for example, I thought, like, I might email everyone, all 38 people who are going to be gathering my family and encourage people to watch this video captured or read a couple of these articles and say, hey, I'm being invitational. If anyone would like to do that, I would love to talk about this at some point on Thanksgiving. We have a whole long day. We're together. If anybody's interested and be invitational about it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I bet some people in my family would want to Do you have think some people in your family would be confrontational about it or would feel somehow slighted as a result of ch- trying to change the narrative? Some might feel slighted, but they're, my my guess is knowing my family, they're not going to be confrontational about it, but they might feel slighted about it. What so. does it mean to feel slighted in your view? I mean, they might feel like, oh, I want to celebrate Thanksgiving without having to think of your uh, think about your alternative points of view. You oh, know, gotcha. like they might, you know. But you know what? I'm going to try it and we're going to report back, okay? okay? Yeah, 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 good. Sounds good. All right. So this other article that I want to talk about is your wheel is right in your wheelhouse, mm. Mr. Sustainability. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yep. How to throw an eco-friendly feast. Eco-friendly feast. And, and when we go through here, I'm interested to know how many of these things either a you have done. Okay. I have done some, but some I are new to me, and um, so I really like this a lot. All right. Well, first of all, one of the things that they try to do in this article, and by the way, it's called Sustainable Thanksgiving, How to Throw an Eco-Friendly Feast. It's mm-hmm. from Grove, the Grove Collective, grove.com. Okay. And they talk about waste with Thanksgiving week, and they say there's 200 million pounds, approximately 600 million turkeys get tossed out. So food, they're talking about like food that's get wasted. Mm-hmm. 6.3% of food waste gets composted. We're going to talk a little bit about composting. Much. I know. So the benefits of reducing your food waste for Thanksgiving week, which, again, people, when they associate Thanksgiving, they think of often bounty and a table overflowing with food. So, mm-hmm. you know, food seem, you know, lots and lots of food seems to be a big focus of Thanksgiving for yeah, a lot yeah. of people. But if you reduce your food waste, you save money, you're buying less food, you reduce methane emissions from landfills. Again, if you're dumping food in the landfill versus a compost, composting it, conserves energy and resources used to make food, composted food returns nutrients to the soil. Mm. So, so yeah, you've heard that. You, mm-hmm. How much 
of your week do you spend focused on compost, composting, compost itself? Like you're, that's a big part of your week. I mean, you know, there's, I touch it every day. I mean, there's something really? to be done every day. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Brian runs a quite impressive, comprehensive composting facility here at the University of Louisville. Mm. And you partner with individuals and businesses around the community sure. to bring their compost waste and use that as part of your operation, correct? Yep. We do, we do. And you rely, is it completely on volunteer time? No, students, no, we have a bunch have... of student workers. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and do you find, and I'm kind of getting a little bit off here, but do you find that when the student workers come to you and they're like, hey, I, I'd like to be part of your team that works at this composting operation. Do you find that most of them come and, like, they're completely – they're, like, you're training them because they're fairly new to composting, but mm -hmm. they're wanting to learn, or do they come with a lot of knowledge? They don't usually come with very much knowledge. Okay. So you're, like, starting from scratch. Yeah, most of, of them, them are just – yeah. Yeah. And I bet you get a lot of them, like, a lot of light bulb moments when you – Show I think them. there are some. Yeah, yeah, I think it takes a little while. It happens at different, you know, different points because people have different experiences at different points. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some. All right. So I want to talk, you given your composting expertise, let's make sure we, we tap that as we're talking about this. So one of the things they say is, first of all, you can, one of the tips, coordinate so you don't have too much food. Sure. Like coordinate so like who's bringing what. Yeah how many people are going to be there so you don't have too much food. Now. Yeah, that's hard. It is hard. And I know someone in my family who I've heard them say this before. They've said leftovers are part of Thanksgiving. Like <laughs> leftovers are a tradition. So having leftovers, it's not that you can't have leftovers. It's just be if you're going to have extra food, have a plan for it that you're going to either eat it or, you know, save it. Mm -hmm eat it the next for the rest of the weekend or whatever mm -hmm. do you you're you guys are pretty good at your gathering for avoiding too much food yeah oh i don't yeah i don't think we have too much of the too much leftovers but it, it gets managed okay yeah good so they also say challenge guests to eat everything on their plate to cut down on wasted food. I'm like, I don't know how comfortable I feel. Like, finish that on, you know. I don't really know. That's a, a little bit. Challenge. challenge. a healthy yeah. challenge. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. offered arm wrestle them, and if they lose, they have to eat everything <laughs> on their plate. Yeah, and then, this one was really interesting. They said um, emphasize um, using food that isn't been processed. So the less prepared and packaged food you buy, the lower your carbon footprint. Mm. So I hadn't really thought of it in those terms, like, you know, make things from scratch if you can to avoid supporting a processed food industry. Mm. That's an interesting, oh. right? Hadn't thought about that. Take stock of ingredients you already have. So, again, you're not buying more than you need. Sure. Uh, choose recipes that will use up leftover ingredients. I am master at this. I am so good at this. Okay. This is something I've gotten really good at. I mean, not just at Thanksgiving, but mm -hmm. I'm really good at, like, seeing something in the fridge or the pantry that's just, like, languishing and, like, how okay, I'm going to work this into a meal so it doesn't get wasted. Cool. Um, leave dishes that are proven duds off the menu. Mm. You know, like, if you're like, well, we got to have that jello mold because – Aunt Sally really yeah, loves her jello mold, but yeah. nobody likes to eat it. Yeah, the tradition is – that's important to think about because there are those dishes sometimes that, you know, we really probably don't need to have. Yeah. 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 Would you – I don't know how your family would 
react to that if you were like, hey, let's take some things off the menu? I think if it was clear that some people, you know, that some things weren't getting yeah. eaten. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that would be okay. That'd but, be good. But I think in a lot of cases, you know, things just get eaten. So. Uh, plan ahead for food storage options. Mm. My mom is so good at this. She will show up at a f- – <laughs> I'm just laughing – at a family gathering with a sh- uh, shopping bag full of empty Tupperware yeah. containers. That's what it is. Because she just plans ahead like sure. we're going to take home this food. So there's – so folks, cool. you know, even if you don't feel comfortable walking in with all those, just leave them in your car and go get them later <laughs> after dinner. Right. Absolutely. Uh, clean out your freezer and fridge before you shop so you can, again, see what you have and that you're, um, you know, making sure that things are organized so you can find what you need. Um, now, let's talk about is eating turkey bad for the environment? Okay. Okay. Brian, what, what, what Mr. Sustainability, Vegetarian Man... What do you say to the question, is eating turkey bad for the environment? What do you say to that? Undoubtedly. Yeah. Can you explain for the listeners why? Well, I mean, I would say, first of all, that turkey is, even though we're here in Kentucky or whatever, turkey is not really a hyper-local product, right? Really? Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say that we're eating turkeys at Thanksgiving that are always within, you know, 20 miles of where we're eating it or something. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of fossil fuel that gets associated with the transport of the turkeys. There's a lot of fossil fuel that gets associated with the processing and storage of the turkeys. Mm. Um, They're often wrapped in plastic uh, at various stages, so you end up with plastic waste as a function. You're right. You're right. Okay. They're probably processed in order to keep the smell down. I mean, Mm. people who, you know, people who hunt animals know that there are smells associated with dead animals. And when you get that turkey, um, just like when you get chicken, from um, a processing facility or a grocery store or something, they often don't have a very powerful smell to them. And that's often because of the use of, you know, chemicals like, I mean, in the old days it was bleach. I don't know what it is now, but used to you just dip the whole damn bird God, in the bleach. Wow, you're really – In the ugh. bleach bucket in the in the meat department and then it kills all those smells, right? I mean, it just, you know, and, and then you just sell it that way. I mean, wow. that, that used to be industry standard. I think there's a lot of washing that goes on now. Um, and um, maybe soaking that also is a way to do that. So you can do it with water as opposed to bleach. But it takes a huge amount of water to do that. And you have to have facilities um, that's able to do that for many, many turkeys. Um, in addition to that, I mean, unless you're getting organic turkeys, they definitely have antibiotics in them. And they, you know, antibiotics have been used on them. That promotes antibiotic resistance in the, um, in the food chain and in, um, you know, humans uh, generally. Um, probably there was some level of, um, you know, other synthetic chemicals that were used as part of the preparation, maybe to, maybe, you know, um, maybe something to increase the bulk of the turkey, for example, something like that. Those things all end up bioaccumulating and we end up eating them. Wow. Um, you're really making this a downer if people like to have turkey. I oh, yeah. Don't eat, don't eat the turkeys, man. I mean, okay. don't – I mean, there's nothing – I mean, I, again, if, if people want to go out and, you know, and blast the turkey or whatever and then clean it and do all that work and – and have it and have a hyper-local turkey that you only kind of killed one turkey. I mean, I guess from like an ecological point of view, from probably a human health point of view, that's probably not a huge impact. But there's also the issue of, you know, if you're a person who is regularly 
um, killing animals uh, in the um, in the era of um, highly processed foods or high, you know easily available uh, fresh foods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there is a a thing to be said about uh, the cruelty that's engendered um, in people who do a lot of killing of things, right? Oh, and I know God. maybe this will get us some email from the hunters out there. But, you know, if you're a person who um, takes great pleasure in going out and killing other animals that don't really do anything to hurt you, um, there's a possibility mm-hmm. that that has bleed over effects into your other um, aspects of life. Mm. Um, at least at least that's what the people who study this kind of thing suggest. Wow. Well, you eat a meatless diet. Mm-hmm. Yourself and um, so far so one, good. One of the recommendations probably made me crazy. <laughs> Whoops! So. One of the uh, one of the um, well wardrobe malfunctions. Wardrobe malfunctions <laughs> a critical thinking my belt, for everyone. My belt just came off. Okay. This has this really is not as interesting as it sounds. I have to say. I mean, I was I didn't even notice this happened. <laughs> Um, I shouldn't have said anything. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think we've just turned it into a whole drama for the holiday. <laughs> but anyway, all right, so Patty's dressed again. Okay. Let's go on. It's really <laughs> innocuous. But anyway. Okay, so Brian's meatless. Brian's meatless. Mr. Meatless. These two things are not connected, by the way. And um, so one of the suggestions, if you don't want to add to the uh, problems with that, you know, that um, – eating meat and supporting the meat industry does to our environment, then some options if you... Okay, so this is the options in the article. You could go meatless. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, I didn't even talk about what if the turkeys are raised on farms. Yeah, Ugh, that's I even know, worse. I know. If you skip the tur- If skipping the turkey is not an option, listeners, you can choose a heritage breed or cage-free turkey, ideally from a local farmer. Sure. And, you know, Google. That's why you have Google. You can sure. Google something like that. If you need a smaller bird for a tiny crowd, there's nothing wrong with opting for a cage-free chicken, right? There's not, you can eat chicken. You don't have to eat turkey on Thanksgiving. I mean, you don't have to eat any of them, but yeah. sure, you can eat anything you want. Choose recipes that call for little or no dairy and eggs. If you do use dairy and eggs, choose organic and cruelty for brands. I think I, the tofurkey yeah. pretty good myself. Do you eat – is that what you eat on the, a tofurkey? I do usually – yeah, there's usually a tofurkey or a field roast. There's a company that makes a, a vegan field roast that's just um, – you know, is it good? it's fake. Is yeah. it good? Yeah, it's good. Really? Tasty. It? It's got a lot of spices and stuff in it, so it's got, you yeah. know, it's savory and it's, yeah. you know, it's dense. Where does somebody find that if they're interested? Any grocery store frozen section during the holiday holidays? season will have those. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, usually awesome. only at the holidays. but Okay. Yeah. All right. Good to know. So, all right. So now let's move on to uh, tips for sustainable shopping. Now, you and I have done a whole... Actually, we did a whole two shows on mm. why to not to use plastic bags. Yeah, shouldn't use plastic. Okay, bags. so skip the skip the plastic bags. Um, they say buy local or organic when possible. So I like that. The closer your food mm. is grown, the lower the environment impact on what you eat. So I really like sure I like doing that. Well, let me say a thing too about that. Just to back up for a minute on the yeah. packaging issue. Yeah. So we talk about you know eliminating plastics, but I mean. All sorts of items come packaged, and what we tend to do is we tend to just take the package as part of that item, you know, like that's part of what you buy. But the reality, of course, is that the packaging gets discarded in almost every case. And so we really ought to be thinking about the impact of our gift, 
you know, because in some cases, like Patty was really nice and brought in this little snack before we started the oh, show. Oh, yeah, this uh, Lara, Lara Bar. Lara Bar, yeah. Lara Bar. And the, the problem is, of course, with the Lara Bar it's is that this packaging, packaging, I mean, it's plastic packaging, yeah. right? And this is useless. We can't recycle this. Yeah. We can't use this for anything else. This is just trash. And it's not a lot of trash. You can hear it crinkling. It's small. Right? But yeah. Still. But But the thing is, we're going to buy a lot of things this holiday season. I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, we used to bring out like a um, – a trash bag when we open gifts and, and stuff like that and paper. just put all the stuff in there. And what we end up doing at a lot of these events is we have a, we have a, a single trash receptacle yeah. and everything just goes in there. And what we want to try to do maybe is just, you know, what we were talking about earlier, when we buy things, gifts and foodstuffs and all that, maybe we just want to take a, a second look at the item and say, okay, yes, I'm buying this thing, but it comes with this packaging. Yes. And do I want the pack? Is there any way for me to buy it without the packaging? You know, and in some cases it doesn't matter. So I'll just give you a quick story. I went to a dry cleaner. Yeah. And at this particular dry cleaner that will go unnamed, but I mean, you know who you are. Uh-huh. They they offer a green service. Yeah. And what and does that include? Well, what it includes is no hangers, no, um, no plastic wrapper. Good. No, uh, oh no, you can get hangers, but okay. no plastic wrapper, no paper. That, that they sometimes Yeah, use, it's like a logo like thing, with a right? logo, yeah. Yeah. So I came in one day. Yes. This is, I haven't dry cleaned in quite a while, but I, I was doing some dry cleaning at one point. I, I came in and I said, they had my stuff and it was all in the plastic and in the thing. Yeah. And I said, hey, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I did sign up for the green service. Right. You know, so I don't have to have all this waste. Yeah. I made the mistake of saying, so I don't have to have all this. And so they said, no problem. And they just went right in front of me and ripped it all off. And I was like, I appreciate that. You didn't really get the point that I was making, right? It wasn't really about my convenience, although thank you for that. It was that you would just waste this stuff. And it's not necessary and it has these impacts. Now I feel worse because you put it together and then wasted it anyway because none of it was – they just tore it all off so it wasn't usable again. So I don't know. I mean you just – sometimes when you complain about these things or you try to find alternatives, people are just proactively unhelpful. Okay. Right? So we have okay. to look out for that as well. So to your point, Brian, this wrapper, yeah. after reading this article and thinking about it, you know what would have helped – a, if I had just, because you and I both had a little snack, if I had just had one uh-huh. and we split it, then yeah. this packaging is one. Or sure. this, like this article says, you could if you buy things in bulk or even go to a store like and get nuts, spices, or dry baking, break, yeah. baking ingredients where yeah. you can do refillable, that doesn't have packaging. Right. Or sometimes I bake. Yeah. And that doesn't have packaging. No, that because, well, that's so fantastic. I could have, I could have done that. And mm. the muffin that I gave you recently, mm. the wrapper for the muffin, you could put that into your compost bin. That's right. Yeah, definitely. I noticed yeah. that. Yeah. The thing is, though, as as much as I appreciate all of that, I mean, what you're suggesting is that you're going to do more work, 
right? And what, what the problem is that our consumer society is set up for convenience, but convenience and like sort of what's best for the environment or for the society don't often go hand in hand. Correct. They're, they're at odds. Correct. And so what we need is society with a mainstream path to no harm and no waste. See, but we don't do that. We have all these half measures and baby steps that come with weaning ourselves off of these packages. We ought to be able to go to the store and buy Laura bars in bulk without package and put them in your mom's Tupperware. I mean, we ought to yeah. be able to do that. There are some stores that that offer these kinds of services, not really around here these days, but um, you know, some stores offer these sort of larger bulk sections where you oh, can do this. Oh, you mean this. like a co-op store? Yeah, like a co-op store yeah. and you could get some, some pre-made things that are without packaging. But yeah. for the culture to take all the responsibility. So, yeah, could could Patty have made this Laura bar a reasonable facsimile? I bet. Would Is it reasonable to ask Patty to make them and to take all that time and prep and cleanup and storage and all of that extra energy to make them instead? And the only difference, the only reason under my scenario that Patty would make them instead of buying them is because of all these sustainability concerns. Right. So is it even reasonable to do that? I think it's not. I think that, you know, at one point everybody was cooking like Patty does, you know, on the daily. But these days, you know, life is pretty complicated and we ought to be able to get our food without the pollution. See, that's yeah. the thing. We ought to, the, ought to be, able, ought to be to able to sign up that. like you signed up for a green plan at the um, dry cleaner. I wish they had a green plan in more stores. And at restaurants. Would, yeah. And, and, and here's the beauty of it. By signaling there is a green plan, yeah. people, even if at first they don't feel comfortable choosing that, they it raises their consciousness. That's right. So yeah. then they're like, wow, I didn't choose the green plan. And so now I, I'm making this choice and it produces this kind of waste. So, right. Right. so right. I do – I think that would be great. Yeah. I, th- I do I do say to uh, – when I get takeout – uh, takeouts from a place where they're using containers that are recyclable or compostable, I make sure I thank them. Yeah, but what we have to do – see, now that's good. We definitely want to do that. What you need to do instead is what I like to do at places that don't have yeah. those those takeout that's like reusable or recyclable. you got to mention it there too, yeah. right? So like – so a place near us, La Suerte, yeah. I really like you, La Suerte – you probably don't know me on site, but I eat there pretty regularly, yeah. and I'm the guy who always says, wow, sure wish you weren't using styrofoam. Why are you still using styrofoam? You already told me why. It's because it's cheapest. Cheapest. Are you saying La Suerte and every other restaurant in town that uses styrofoam? Because there are so many. Yes. Are you saying that you really don't care? About the environment, you're willing. You won't. Your money you, is more. You important. won't even pass this cost increase on to the customers. You won't even do that little bit of work. Instead, you're just going to keep on giving us the stuff Cheap. that all we do is throw it away. Ouch. And we can't even recycle it in this area. It goes straight to the landfill. It's toxic. Uh. It's bad for everything. That's what we need to do. We need to raise our voices, even if it's just to say, hey, I love your food. Thanks a lot for providing me takeout. I'm so sorry that you're still using styrofoam. I would pay the extra 25 cents for the container. Okay. Maybe we should all – maybe if we all start saying that, people start – Okay. So last night I was at Walgreens. Okay. Took my own bag in. Okay. 
And I and you were shamed. And I no, oh. <laughs> no. But here's my new thing. So what I do is I put the bag on my shoulder and then I use it. Yeah. To at, while I'm shopping, yep. I put my items in there. Yep, yep. yep. And then I walk up to the counter and yep. I set my bag there and I take everything out and I say, "This is what I said to said to the clerk. I say, because you know I've been doing this for a while and I get all I've gotten a variety of reactions, but mm. what my new thing is, I say." I would like to just reuse this bag. I do not need more plastic bags in my life. And if they sure. sort of engage me with it, sometimes yeah. I might use it as a teachable moment. Sure. I kind of like read the room a little bit, um, but I always make a point to very set, to very consciously, intentionally say, I am not, I do not want a plastic bag. And, you know, I make some, I make some comment about, the negative aspect of of using plastic bags without, you know, shaming the other person, shaming the person doing their job. Yeah, I think that's a good thing so, to do. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, we got to have these conversations. Yeah. Yep. Now, if you get a paper bag, so one of the questions in this article is, is paper bags versus plastic. I, if I have to, if I'm in this situation and I have to pick, I will pick paper because, of course, I can compost that. Mm -hmm. I can, like, tear it up and mm -hmm. throw it in with my compost. Yep. So – now, let's, that leads us into our next uh, set of tips. Which well, is hold what? on. Before we what? do that, I just want to say what I do when I yeah. take – there's another strategy you yeah. can use because uh, I do the same thing. I'll yeah. take a bag to the store yeah. and then I walk around and I put my stuff in it yeah. right instead of the cart or something like that. Yeah. And so what you can do is I like doing this. You walk up to the counter at the end yeah. and you take one item out of the bag yeah. and offer to pay for it. And the rest of them you say, I had these with me when I came in. <laughs> See, this works great. A lot of times they go, oh, okay. And so then you're, wow. you're home free. Yeah. Five-finger discount. I mean, it's really it's – the, it's the one-bag discount. I'm <laughs> trying to rebrand this. <laughs> but, yeah, bag. the one bag. No, Brian doesn't really do that. Oh, no, listening. of course not. That would no, be illegal. No, his shadow illegal. self thinks, like, thinks about it and says, I could get away with this if – Oh, I'll, I'll do. You, I'll do you one better. See what what Brian actually does is he thinks of things like these and then he goes and does them, and sees if he can get away with them. And then he comes back in and tells him what happened. Hey, just kidding, you guys. Say I caught you. You need to be better. You need to. Catch I don't me. judge him. I don't do that. Really? But I do. But you I do? do. I do play this little game every once in a while where I'll just like see what happens. You'll see if you can commit fraud. And then I think it's back. larceny. <laughs> larceny. Yeah. And then go back and say. Yeah, usually, usually, like if it's a Walgreens. <laughs> so if it's your Walgreens, like I'll, I'll pay for the one yeah. thing. I say I brought this stuff with me. If they go, okay, whatever, then I'll just pay for it. And then I'll walk. I'll, I'll take a couple of steps toward the door. I'm th I keep on thinking that like somewhere, like some security guard's going to come at like 50 miles an hour out of the back room and like tackle me before yeah, I go. Yeah, but you're it white doesn't male happen. though. Nah, it doesn't you're happen. white male. That's right. That's right. Somebody might – I have in the past had people come to me in a parking lot and say, hey, this looks like there's something sketchy here. But that's always happened when it's been a mistake. Oh. They haven't actually caught me wow. on this one because I just turn around after a couple of steps. I say, I'm just kidding. And I go back and do the thing and they're like, oh, well, I can't believe – and then there's always somebody else standing there rolling their eyes like, you didn't check the – or anyway, whatever it is. But it's, it's, it's a fun wow. game. It's a fun game. Don't get yourself in trouble. But, it, you know, it's, it's, it's worthwhile wow. to, liven, to liven things up. Wow. wow. And everybody at Walgreens that hates me now, I, I have never gotten stopped in a store. So. You've never gotten stopped in a store? No, or the parking. I've never, have never you, had that Have experience. you ever shoplifted? No, I knew that. I knew that's what the answer would be. So you, you don't have the shoplifter <laughs> vibe to you. <laughs> I was 
thinking about there's in nothing, high school. There's nothing in you that says I was says thinking about teeth. in high school where yeah. it was like, I could just take this lifesavers and slip them in my sure, pocket. Sure. And I never did. Okay. But I was like, wow, nobody's paying any attention. I like, one time you – know, I, I remember one I never time – I have a different vibe about me. I remember one time I was in a bookstore <laughs> when, I was in, when I was in high school. I was in a bookstore yeah. and I had with me – a book that I had – it was like a pocket-sized yeah. book that I'd gotten somewhere. I was yeah. always carrying books when I was a kid. So I had this thing and I was – I pulled it out of my pocket to see who wrote it because yeah. I was looking at some yeah. – I wanted to see it was the same. Yeah. So I'm looking and this woman walks up to me and she's just watching me. And so I took the book out yeah. and I put it back in my yeah. pocket and she's looking at me. She says, yeah. you're going to pay for that? I said, no. I brought that in with me. She said, no, you didn't. I just saw you take it off the shelf. I was like, no, I brought that in with me. So I walk out and then another dude comes out of, comes out of the store after me and says, hey, did you just steal something out of our store? I was like, I thought you don't even sell this thing. And he's like, oh, sorry about that. So I get – I, I I'll get picked up on the uh, on the vibe even wow. if I don't do anything wrong. But that's because I play these stupid games. Yeah. See, it's in my. It's possible. Fate. I've got the shifty look. It's your. It's right? the long hair. I didn't it's have the long, long hair, hair then. Okay, but I think you know. It was the shifty look. Okay, but you know what's weird? When she said, "I saw you take it off the shelf," because you didn't actually take it off the shelf. I took another book off the shelf. Right. So you could yeah. be like, "I did not actually do that." She so, didn't care. She so. didn't care. She just saw my she saw right. my hoodlum potential. All right. We have a few things left to share from this article. One is preparing your meal. And, mm. oh, I love this idea. Set out a container for one for recycling, one for trash, one for compost yep. so that you are yep. ready. Now, I have to tell you, I have been actively composting at home now mm-hmm. for about six months. Kay. It is so satisfying. It is so satisfying Good. to to um, just open the bin and put it in. It just gives me this little feeling of like I'm not adding to the landfill right now. I'm I'm and with my um, CSA uh, when I would get my bag of produce sure. um, all you know all summer and into the fall. If there was something that was rotting in the fridge and I just was like I'm not going to use this eggplant. I know I keep telling myself I'm going to use it. I'm not now. It's going bad. If I put it in the compost bin, then I actually feel kind of virtuous, like I'm returning it to the soil. It's better than the landfill. And it's better. So I have to tell you, thanks thanks to you being an inspiration to oh, me. Oh, man. I love – and also my kids were getting on my case, my son in particular, about not composting. Really? Yes. Oh, good for him. So this genera- – I feel like this generation is – you know, the, my, my kids that, who are in their 20s are really, you know, very cognizant about composting, Mm -hmm, about recycling, mm -hmm. and they're very good at, like, so, you know, so I was like, and it feels really good to compost. And if I'm not sure if something should get composted or not, I just text you and you tell me. Ah, sure. But not everybody can text you and ask. Anybody can text me and ask. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think if you just Google what goes in my compost bin, I mean, most of the time it's fine. Most of it is good. I think, you know, a lot of times they'll say you'll see things like no meats, no oils, no dairy, um, no bread. You'll see these kinds of things because – People are concerned about attracting the wrong kinds of things to the compost pile or some kind of situation uh, like that. Um, but everything turn everything that you were going to eat turns back into soil. Like okay. it, it, it all does. So I, it doesn't. It even doesn't even those shrimp tails I asked you about that, like the tails off sure. the shrimp. You were like, yeah, throw them in there. Everything decomposes. Just a matter of how long it takes. Wow. And you know, in in some of the processes, again, if you have just a real. 
just a really narrowly scoped composting pile, like maybe in a in a place where you absolutely can't have any gnarly smells. Yeah. Like if that was a situation, then I can see people saying, well, we certainly don't want meat in that kind of pile or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, um, I think it's great that around here it, you can just kind of compost what you want. And, you know, it's great. Yeah. Here's a couple of other tips. Um, coordinate your stove and oven time so you minimize the use of, of, sure. of, of the oven and sure. you're not wasting energy that way. Set timers so nothing burns. I'm pretty good about doing that. Um, use the vent to vent moisture and cooking fumes out outside for better air quality in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So these are just what I love about these tips is they're all like very doable if you wanted to do one or you wanted to do all of them. Yeah. Right? Like sure. this is really use cloth, cloth napkins instead of paper towels. Now, sometimes I'm known to put the paper towel into the compost sure. bucket. Yep. You know, I'll just throw it in. Like I'll set the paper towel in the sink. I'll peel my vegetable yeah. and then I'll just scoop the peels and the paper towel together and I'll throw it in the compost. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A lot of people say don't compost the paper towels and stuff. The reason for that is because of um, the chlorine in them. Because as oh, the Oh, I the, didn't know that. Yeah, as really? the thing breaks down, the whiteness is toxic. Oh shoot, should I not be doing that then? No, it doesn't matter in the compost piles um, that we have at U of L and for your service. Yeah. It um doesn't it doesn't matter because the you know, I mean, do those do those do those chlorine molecules molecules get in there? Sure, but they don't they don't last a long time in oxygen in an oxygen rich environment. Like oh. that's why, like when you chlorinate your pool, you have to chlorinate your pool again. Like it doesn't it doesn't just stay like that. Oh, I see. Right, um, and so and you can't you know for topical cleaning with chlorine again. I mean, it evaporates eventually. Um, it's just a matter of time. So um, you know it's. It's gonna get it's gonna get broken down by the oxygen. It's gonna get broken down in some other by some other uh, pieces of this of the system. Okay. So well, yeah. you are a font of information. Not all of it useful. This. <laughs> this has been very useful. I feel like I am now excited about Thanksgiving in a new way mm-hmm. this year. Good. So that uh, I'm gonna post both of these articles on our Facebook page. Well, that'll be so great. People can have a decolonizer Thanksgiving have an eco-friendly Thanksgiving and, and give thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And we hope that you have a wonderful one when you get there. Um, you know, this is uh, it's important to think about ways of making this fit everybody's, you know, way they want to celebrate. So as you go through your week, we hope it's really good. And we're, your holiday. Yeah, we're moving toward the holiday. Double we gobble. might not uh, we might not be talking to you again in this particular format before then. But even if we're not, just remember that thinking about your thinking, critical thinking, it's for everyone. Even you. <laughs> <laughs>